It's the 14th of September, 2021. That's the 8th day of the waxing moon, the 10th lunar month. So may we all really be firm in our intentions and training this mind, really set our hearts on this. Because the genuine, true state of this mind is one of clarity and brightness. And just like water, which is clear. So this mind, this citta, it's a knowing element which receives uh, sensory impressions. And when these sense impressions come in, then our minds are deluded towards them. And so the mind experiences these forms, these impressions of forms and sounds and odors, tastes, tactile sensations. And there's also the dhamma aramanas, the thoughts, the emotions which come into the mind. And so we can see how When we're sitting here in meditation, perhaps there's peace and quiet, and perhaps a memory will arise within the mind. Maybe it's a sight that we've seen in the past. And then this brings up emotions in the heart. Perhaps we like that sight, or perhaps we don't. So this is a Dhamma Ramana appearing. So these may come from the past, And there may also be speculation about the future as well. And this too is an aramana, a sense impression. Now if our minds don't have mindfulness, if we don't train them, then they'll be intertwined with the sense impressions. They'll be mixed up with them. And if it's something that we like, then the mind Uh, is attracted towards that, it feels liking towards it. If it's something which we dislike, then the mind dislikes that, and it just goes on in this way. But when this liking or disliking arises, and then stays for a bit, and then passes away, the mind returns to its original nature of clarity and brightness. But if we are always experiencing these sense impressions, and they become more and more, the the mind chases after them more and more. Um, Then even though it returns to that state of brightness and clarity, we don't know that, we don't see it. We don't see that radiance there in the mind. And then when we go to sleep, then we don't have any mindfulness with us. So what should we do then? to see this mind, the true nature of this citta. The Buddha had intelligence in the way that he taught beings. He was the Satadevamanusana, the teacher of devas and humans. And so he knew how to teach. He knew how to teach people. For example, people who are very selfish, then he taught them how to sacrifice, he taught them to be generous. 
for those people who attach to everything, who had so much greed that um, they harmed others due to that greed. And there are also those who don't have any respect as well, respect towards people who have dhamma within them, who have good qualities in them, or those who have barami, or those people who are born into um, families of high regard. And in order to be born into a family like this, one does need barami. They need to have cultivated um, these qualities, skillful qualities, cultivated generosity and uh, virtue in the past. And there are also people who don't have any respect towards the Buddha, the Dhamma and the Sangha. But for those who do have this generosity and respect and virtue, and these are the causes to be born in families of high regard. So really all people want Bharami. We all want these spiritual virtues, but most people don't do them, don't cultivate them. They don't follow the teachings of the Buddha, how he taught us to be humble. He taught us to be generous, virtuous, and cultivate our minds. But we need to do these things, to put them into practice, in order to raise our minds up, to make them higher, to make them brighter, to make them better. And this quality of respect is one that is very important. Having respect towards the Buddha, the Dhamma, the Sangha. Respect towards those people who have a lot of barami. And we need to know how to be humble. And through doing this, then, our minds grow. They develop, they become better, don't they? We also need to possess these qualities of caution and restraint and to be observing ourselves, to train our minds to be looking at ourselves, to not uh, look at other people. And so to know whether there is greed, aversion or delusion present within our own minds, to know whether our words are good, whether they're correct or not, do we harm others due to our speech? And so we try not to harm anyone through acts of body and speech. Because if we do, then that is going against sila. It's not virtuous, is it? So if we lie or we speak in ways that are harsh or divisive or frivolous, then this isn't right. So we need to teach ourselves to be training ourselves, to be training these minds. Because if we don't train them, then they'll always be giving chase to these sense impressions, always getting lost in liking or disliking, and there's never peace there within the mind. And we don't see this knowing element for what it is. So we need then to train these jittas, these minds, so that they do have peace. So part of this training is being generous and allowing this to seep in and become a habit of us. And this generosity, it's a, a skillful object that we can recollect. And they, then we keep the precepts, the five precepts or the eight precepts. On some days we can take up these eight precepts. And this brings up happiness within ourselves. 
happiness that comes from the practice. And then we really need to be sincere, really need to set our hearts on this, on training this mind. And with each passing day, do our minds experience much peace? Perhaps we sit, but we've never trained ourselves in samadhi before. And so we close our eyes, but the mind is just whirling about, spinning around. And so maybe we've never sat and closed our eyes, tried to train ourselves in samadhi. And so when we do this, then we're just not able to do it. And we sit for just one minute, and we feel all hot and stirred up, and the mind is a mess. But what we're doing is seeing what the mind is actually, what it's like. We notice that our mind's like this, it's stirred up like this, it's hot like this. And this gives us incentive to train in samadhi. And there are many methods of doing this, of bringing the mind to calm. We can use this mantra of Buddha, and if that doesn't uh, work, or if the mind doesn't stay with just that, then we can use Buddha Dhammo Sangha. And if the mind's keeping on thinking, if it's not staying with that, then we chant it to be so, Bhagavā Arahang, um, right until the end, uh, Buddha Bhagavati. And so we chant a lot, we chant very fast, not allowing any space for thoughts to come in and disrupt. And also during each day we need to meet with a lot of different people. And so we should need to have mindfulness there as well. Because each person that we meet, they have their own emotions. And sometimes they're full of greed, sometimes aversion, sometimes delusion. And they may speak in ways which provoke liking or disliking, or in ways that are just scattered. And so we need to maintain our mindfulness because it's dangerous if we don't have much mindfulness, if our mindfulness just isn't present. And there are some people who have a lot of duties and they're not able to keep their minds with them, to keep their mindfulness there. Their mindfulness just isn't present in the mind. And it's possible then to create a lot of bad karma. And this is even more so if those people are um, taking drugs or uh, methamphetamines. And there's just a complete absence of mindfulness there, and they can create all kinds of bad karma, to the extent where they can even kill their mothers and fathers. And why is that? It's because of the greed, because of the aversion, because of the delusion there in the mind. And these are the roots of all unskillful actions. So we need to be really careful. And so we need to come and train our minds to not be heedless, to really be taking good care of these jittas and looking over them well. We need to bring up a meditation object, these kamatana themes, uh, which is the basis for our action. And then really try, really set our hearts on this. We can do a lot of chanting throughout the day, whether standing, walking, sitting, lying down, have mindfulness there. And if we have the time, then it's okay to move and act slower than we normally would, 
in order to really settle our mindfulness. Because in the Satipatthanas it says that when we move the body, then we need to have mindfulness there. And there are some venerable senior monks who, who their mindfulness is already very well established. Uh, but still they are good examples and that they move very gracefully in a very well-mannered way. And so they show this mindfulness that they have externally as well. That they move slower than normal or speak a bit slower than normal. And so we do need to train our minds um, in this way. Whatever it is that we're doing, all the movements that we do, we have mindfulness there. If the mind is thinking a lot, then we chant a lot, so that our practice is equal to those thoughts. And we see how in each day we can use uh, so much in the ways of communication devices. And these work so quickly, and our brains are working very fast. And so we need to be meditating very fast as well, in order so that our minds can settle down, can come to peace. And when the mind is peaceful already, then we can stay with just Buddha, Dhammo, Sangha, or just bring it down to this one word of Buddha. And so it's normal when people begin in this practice, then they attach to what they're taught or the meditation objects that they're using, such as this word Buddha. They say that Buddha, this is the right way of doing it, this is correct. But some people also practice reciting Samma, Sambuddha, and this too is Buddha Nusati. Or they can recite Loka Vidu. And so whatever verse or line or chant, um, that's okay to use. We can recite Arahang Samma, Sambuddha as well. And this also is the recollection of the Buddha. And so we chant these, these recollections of the Buddha, and then as we keep going, we can make it shorter and shorter, reducing it to buddho, dhammo, sanko, and then down to just buddho. And if the mind is peaceful already, um, then we can let go of even that and just stay with the breath as it comes and goes. And then we'll see clearly right here. And so we should practice in this way. And sometimes we're not able to do this, it won't stick in the mind. And so then we can try breathing in very deeply until our lungs are filled up, and then breathing out until all the air is gone. And do this three times, and re-establish our minds on their objects. And if the mind is still thinking, then we can try pressing a tongue against the roof of our mouth. And will there still be thoughts going on then? And maybe our thinking will reduce. And so we train our minds in this way. And we also humble ourselves towards the Buddha, the Dhamma, the Sangha. And this opportunity that we have now is a very good one. And that we have been born with the body of a human. And so we can practice, and so we can meditate. We're able to develop our minds to be higher, to be better. We're able to cultivate the mind so that it reaches this state of uh, 
radiance and brightness and clarity. To also have these qualities of Hiri and Otapa, of a fear of wrongdoing and a wholesome shame towards wrongdoing. And so in this state, um, when the mind has these qualities, then even though we have human bodies, uh, the mind is raised up to a divine level. We have these qualities of generosity and of virtue. We don't speak falsehoods or harsh words, divisive words or frivolous words. We don't insult anyone. Rather, we look at ourselves, training ourselves, because this is what the Buddha taught us to do. And so we look at ourselves, at our own duties that we need to perform, and we do them in a good and correct manner. For those who are studying, to really set their hearts on studying, to those who are working, for them to work well. Because the opportunity that we have now is such a good one, having been born as a human. And so we should walk this way to bring the mind to peace. So having peace in body and speech, this is sila, this is virtue. And then having peace in the mind, this is the cultivation of samadhi. And so we train ourselves in this way. And so sometimes some people They've never trained in samadhi before in this lifetime. And so when they sit down and close their eyes, all they feel is inner agitation and chaos. But as they carry on doing this, then their old barami that they've made in the past, um, the spiritual virtues that they've built up, these come back and they're able to come into peace. And then joy fills up the heart. And there's this knowledge of the breath as it comes and goes. We can also try using contemplation as well. You can look into this body, seeing it as a heap of elements, seeing that really this body is just composed of elements which come together. But we take these elements to be a self. And so there's skin which covers this body, and then on the inside there's blood and there's fat there's the bones, different organs which fill up this body. But if we take these apart, we open up the body and we take up, take out the different organs and put them into their individual piles, then we'll see that there isn't really a person there. We take one part and put into one pile, another part into another pile, and then we see how when there's no breath left in this body, then it doesn't have any value whatsoever. So we can contemplate along these lines, and seeing that a body is just a heap of earth, water, fire and air. We can, when these things come together, and they, uh, we bring these elements together and assemble them, they, well, they are assembled by nature into a body, but there isn't really a person there. These cells develop, the body grows, and then when it reaches a certain point, then it starts to deteriorate. And so we can contemplate how it's just this collection of earth, water, fire and air, seeing it as a heap of elements, using our wisdom to uh, contemplate in this way, 
And so we can bring up this contemplation first in order to bring the mind to peace. So we can use this, or we can, uh, or some people use a supa, this contemplation of the unattractive aspects of the body. And we do whatever we feel skilled at. As we carry on practicing in this way, then we can see into the anicca side of the body, see how it's something that is always changing, something that's unstable, and then wisdom can arise. And so we train like this first, using our wisdom to cultivate samadhi in the heart. We can also recollect nibbana and the qualities of nibbana. How nibbana is the state where minds have recovered from their intoxication, from drunkenness. And so we've all seen people who are drunk before, haven't we? Those people who are drunk uh, because of taking alcohol, or those who are drunk because of overeating. But Nibbāna doesn't have any of this drunkenness. There's no intoxication there. There's no delusion towards forms or sounds or tastes or odors, tactile sensations or thoughts or emotions. And the mind and the state is pure. So we can take these minds to recollect these qualities of Nibbāna, how there's only happiness there. And this is the highest happiness. It's the most happiness possible to experience. And there's no sadness, there's no sorrow, no dukkha mixed in with it at all. In the mind, in the state, it's not involved with anything. It's not mixed in with anything. Because if the mind is involved, if it's attached, then this is upadana coming up. Attachment towards sights and sounds and odors, taste, tactile sensations, and thoughts. And this becomes a cause for suffering to arise. But if the mind isn't attached, if it's not involved, then there's just emptiness there. And this is the best thing. This is the most peace. So we should train our minds like this, so they see the goodness, see the value of Nibbāna. The reason why people are suffering now is because of the attachments that they have within their hearts. And there's no peace there. But if we have a lot of wisdom, then we're able to contemplate so we can let these things go. And so we should do this a lot, develop this a lot. Always be working to cultivate these minds so that they grow, they become higher and better. And this is something that is really important, and to be bringing these minds to peace, to develop samadhi. And when the mind is brought into samadhi, then it turns to the level of a brahma. And here we can contemplate into anicca, dukkha, anatta, into change and stress and not self. And then the mind becomes noble, it turns into an arya, and then it turns into lokutara, it rises above the world. 
So we should be developing our barami in this way. Always intent on training ourselves in this life because this is such a fortunate opportunity that we have. So we should always be generous, we should always be virtuous, completing our studies and our work well, to not harm ourselves, to not harm anyone else, and to always be walking on this path of goodness. So may all of you set your hearts on this.